You're listening to Massive Debate UK with Eric Swineblade. Hello, I'm Eric Swineblade and welcome to Massive Debate UK. As you may know, as of a week ago, billionaire playboy, electric car pioneer and rocket man Elon Musk has officially purchased Twitter for a cool $44 billion. Upon this announcement, the Twitterati elite were up in arms about his intentions to restore free speech to the platform and fire 75% of its bloated workforce. But how good or bad is this acquisition for society? What does this mean? Where does it leave us? And today we have two very special guests calling in from different sides of the Twitter culture war. And the first needs no introduction. The former President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Donald, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are you going to return to the platform, as so many have speculated? Well, hello, Eric. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I will not be returning to Twitter anytime soon. I have no plans, yeah. no plans at all to go back on that app. I really don't. I don't like the space. I don't like the design. I don't like the people. I don't like the haters. There's so many haters on, on that app, and I would much yeah. rather... That people came over to Truth Social. It really is. It's a very good platform. We're getting a lot of users. Things are going very well, Eric. And I urge everybody yep. to get off of the Twitter and come on to Truth Social where you can truly talk about the truth, Eric, because they don't want you to hear the truth. And what do you think about Elon's takeover? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think Elon Musk will help the sites? What, are you, what is your opinion on, on Elon Musk and his acquisition? Well, Eric, I mean... Elon is an amazing man. He's a very talented businessman. He's done incredible things with SpaceX, with uh, PayPal, with uh, all of these things, uh, the cars, the electric cars. I'm not a fan. I don't own a Tesla, but I do know that a lot of people buy these cars. They really do. They love these cars. Yes. So he's an incredibly talented businessman who's done some incredible things. For the country, he's made a lot of money, a lot of money, oh, yeah. much more money than I have, and I have a lot of money, believe you me, I have a lot of money, but Elon has even more money than I do, he has a lot of money, I think he's the richest man in the world, possibly, quite possibly could be the richest man in the world. Yeah, I, I think he, he is, officially. So I have tremendous respect for Elon, and I think it's a good thing, it's a great thing for, for Twitter, for sure, very good, but what I pay, 44 billion dollars for Twitter, Eric. It's a lot of money. And if you're spending that much money on on a website that doesn't even make a profit, it doesn't even make any money. I really don't see it being a long-term investment. And that's why you get, Eric, I have to say, Truth Social really is I think the future of social media, I really do. We'll we'll talk about Truth Social a bit later, but, I mean, do you think it's strange? Elon Musk, he used to be the darling of the progressive left of the Democrats, and since he said that he was going to vote Republican, it's all turned around. He's now Mr. Evil. He's Dr. Evil, essentially. It is a complete disgrace, the way they treat Elon. They should be so grateful for all the things he has done for the country, and the economy also, so much for the economy. But they don't care because they used to love Elon. Oh, they used to love him so. They really did. They loved Elon. He could do no wrong. No wrong at all. They loved Elon. But then Elon, he said he was voting Republican, which they did not like at all. They really didn't like it. And then they had to turn. And they turned on Elon. And they made him the bad guy. Really bad. The worst guy in the world. Evil. Evil Elon. 
When before, when he voted for Democrat, when he said he was a Democrat, they thought he was a hero. They worshipped him. He was in all the magazines. He was on time. All the fake news was in favor of Elon. And then it changed. It changed. It changed overnight. The second he said that he's voting Republican, suddenly he's evil. He's the worst. He's a bad guy. Because really, Eric, it's all about control. It's all about control with these people. They got to control everything all of the time. And they banned me off the platform. I'm not coming back. If you ban me off the platform, that's it. I don't I do not do second chances, Eric. You know that. But now that Twitter is owned by Elon, who you say did vote Republican and is saying that he's going to be more lenient with free speech, do you consider this to be your chance to announce that you will be running in 2024? I mean, what are your plans for that election? Are you going to run? Well, Eric, we'll have to wait and see. I can't announce anything officially on the radio. I mean... I really, I, I wanted to do your show. I'm a big fan. I wanted to say hello. I wanted to talk about Twitter and Elon, who is a really amazing guy. But uh, 2024 is a long way away, and we're gonna we're, we're taking a long look at it. We're very excited. We think there's some amazing things coming along the line, and I do believe there's going to be a red wave, a huge red wave. And I think the Democrats are in real trouble, and they know it. Sleepy Joe, he says his son died in Iraq. His son did not die in Iraq. And the Iraq war has nothing to do with inflation. He's talking about Iraq. Iraq is over. It's gone. We had the strongest economy, so strong, the strongest it's ever been, I think, in a, in a, in a thousand years the longest, the best economy. And then Biden comes in and they wrecked the whole thing, the whole thing. They wrecked the economy, they wrecked the country, and they're wrecking the world. And it's got to be stopped because Sleepy Joe's whole economy is, it's a disaster. It's a total disaster. And they're starting wars. They're turning on the, their own people. They're sending the FBI to Mar-a-Lago. They found nothing, by the way. They got nothing on me. It's a total disgrace. And they're deliberately destroying America. And we really do. We have to save America, Eric. We really do have to save America. It's a, it's a terrible time. It's a really bad, bad thing. And we've got to save it before it's too late. Well, Donald Trump, thank you for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank you, Eric. You do a great show. Former President Donald Trump there, talking about his experience of Twitter and his thoughts on Elon. But of course, Donald Trump is still banned from Twitter, as are many others, for violating Twitter policy. Now, whether or not that should be reversed is another argument, and it could still happen, especially moving towards 2024. But our next guest is Jared Rump, former Twitter employee who has recently been made redundant from rather high up in the company. So, hello, Jared. Welcome to the show. Well, hi, Eric. How are you? Very well, thank you. And, and tell us about your experiences with Elon Musk and working at Twitter. I was there until recently, and everything was going a-okay. Um, you know, we were running a fantastic social media website and platform yeah. and we were doing what we could to battle misinformation and make sure that Twitter was a safe space that was until unfortunately Elon Musk came along and decided to buy the company. Um, that must have been a big shock for you I imagine. To be honest yeah uh, it was kind of hard it was kind of awkward I'm not gonna lie it was a shock and I was one of the first people to lose my job as a result of that. Oh, no. The share price was tanked, and yeah. I ended up having to 
you know, go back to my condo and give up the plans to, you know, buy my second apartment in New York. So That must have been devastating for you, I imagine. Yeah, it was a massive inconvenience and also very shaming. I felt very ashamed. My mental health took a massive blow. And I find it hard to forgive Elon for what he's done. And what do you think he's up to? What, what has he done in your eyes? Well, by purchasing Twitter, he is essentially trying to, you know, make it into a kind of edgy meme space for incels and far-right white supremacists, as far as I can see it. And I just don't think that's going to fly. I just think that Twitter was fine as it was. And Well, a lot of people would say Twitter had a very left-leaning bias. Well, look, you know, one person's bias is another person's truth. And, you know, yes, we lent on the side of what we saw to be right. And... You know, the opinions and views of people like Joe Rogan, uh, Elon Musk, um, to name a few, are totally unacceptable. Kanye West, Donald J. Trump, these are people that, you know, we don't need to hear, uh, actually, because their opinions are hurtful and damaging to the social fabric and our democracy. So, so you, you would censor Elon Musk as well as all of those people. You, you see that as a, a moral just cause. Do you censorship? I think Elon Musk is a force for great evil in this world, and I'm very glad that it's been so difficult for him to take over Twitter. And what was your role at Twitter, precisely? Well, I was part of the fact-checking department at Twitter, so it's a slightly different kind of task. But uh, well, I would assume you lost your job over the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, where Twitter's fact-checkers deliberately suppressed that story during the election to benefit Joe Biden. Well, Eric, I'm not totally comfortable with, with where this conversation is going, so... Okay, well, here's a different question. As a fact-checker, what do you actually do? How does that work? Because it seems to me like fact-checkers essentially serve narratives. Narratives serve agendas. Agendas serve powerful people. And the powerful serve their own interests. And ultimately, it's the power to control other people and control opinion. So explain to me, why do we need fact-checkers? What is a fact-checker? Well, Eric, as a fact-checker working at Twitter, you know, I saw it as my sworn duty to you know, make sure that people on the platform are not consuming misinformation or so-called facts that are, in fact, fiction. Right, but what do you actually do? One of my main tasks was to defend and give fair hearing to you know, vital political and corporate partners, as well as to protect the interests of our investors and advertisers, you know, whilst also allowing ordinary folks to talk on our platforms in a safe way. Okay, well, who's going to fact-check the fact-checkers? Facts don't need to be fact-checked. That's why they're facts. Well, actually... Well, that... I know you're thinking, you know, well, who decides what's a fact or not? Well, the answer to that is the news agencies and me. Because, you know, being a fact-checker is basically like being a soldier on the front line in a war against opinions that are a threat to in everything that we hold dear. Okay, well, give me an example of when you've used fact-checking to protect the things that we hold dear. All right, Eric, well, I'll give you an example. Before the 2016 election, where we had information about Hillary Clinton. Now, this story was totally dishonest, probably Russian propaganda, but this story claimed that Hillary Clinton destroyed her phone with a hammer after it was revealed that she had requested the deletion of 30,000 emails pertaining to rigging votes in her favor within the DNC. But she did delete 30,000 emails. Okay, well, all right, wait. Well, that, well wait. she did, If we fact-check the story, what do we find? That is false. 
Hillary Clinton did not personally destroy her phone with a hammer. That's misinformation. Why is it? Because it was actually one of her aides who disposed of her unwanted mobile devices by smashing them, yes, with the use of a hammer in a downward motion, oh, come upon on. her request to do what? so. Exactly. So Apparently. Hillary Clinton did not smash her phone with a hammer. Her aide well, fine. disposed well, her of her aide phone did. using a hammer in a downward motion, which is a completely, it's a totally different story and a, and it's a, a misalignment of the actual well, well, Yeah, fine. Okay, she didn't do it herself, but she still destroyed the evidence. That's the well, point. No, Eric, she didn't destroy her phone. Her aide disposed of the phone. At her this request. two different things. This is fake news. At her request. And you're propagating fake news by saying that, which I'm afraid is very dangerous for a democracy. Well, no, look, this is ridiculous. You're saying that the misinformation is who smashed the phone. Well, the point is the story about her smashing the phone at all was dismissed as misinformation look, by I mean, you. Because you're saying Hillary Clinton smashed her phone with a hammer to, to hide criminal activity. Or an but aide. On the contrary. I don't care who did it. She asked someone else to smash the phone. Yes, but you're saying to everybody that the whole story is misinformation. Well, Eric, the whole story is misinformation if she didn't personally smash the phone, which she did, she did not. Her aide smashed the phone. Nobody cares who personally smashed the phone. Hillary Clinton requested that this information, which was incriminating, was destroyed. And that isn't misinformation, but you're saying it is because somebody else used the hammer and was told to by her. You're the one spreading misinformation. Eric, I'm really, I don't want to continue this conversation anymore. We're not having a constructive debate. And quite frankly, the misinformation you're talking about is the reason why she lost the 2016 election. And the same reason why your previous caller was able to get into power and behave like a tyrant for four years, destroy and divide our country and our democracy. So I'm not comfortable continuing this call. Oh, dear me. OK, well, look, it was a, a point you made that was completely insane. And I was simply trying to show you that, yes, that it is misinformation, perhaps, that she didn't whack something with a hammer. The point is, somebody did. She requested that they do so, and that is criminal behaviour. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. I hope you enjoyed these takes from two sides of this Twitter fiasco. Join us again next week. You're listening to Massive Debate UK with Eric Swineblade.